Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction. We hope in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. As I always like to do, special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. He is the one that makes this possible to go out week after week after week. And so I appreciate so much the the wisdom he brings to us doing this podcast and all the know-how of actually getting it posted and out to you, the listener. If you want to learn more about this podcast or anything related to Crosswinds, I want to encourage you to head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, this week I have with me once again um, a good friend and colleague here at Crosswinds, our executive pastor, Betty Ryan. Betty, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Glad to be here. We are looking at the question, uh, and if you didn't catch last week's podcast, you may want to stop this one and go back to that one. Uh, it'll make, this one will make a little more sense if you do that. But we're answering the question, really, what place is obedience play in the life of a believer? A question was asked of me, and I've heard it many times, but recently was asked of me, um, with, is it a formula? What is obedience? What, 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 is, what part does it play? And, and the question was, is it just to get something from God? That was the gist of how it was asked recently to me. Are you obedient so you can get something? And it just didn't settle well with this believer. They said, it just doesn't seem like that's what, what obedience, the purpose of obedience is. And so I want to I want to highlight again uh, in the last episode I, I talked about the fact that the Christian life begins with faith and continues through faith that that in Romans one seventeen Paul writes that like we come to Christ in faith and it's from faith to faith right we grow in faith that that the same faith that brought us to Christ is the same faith we walk in each and every day with Him simply faith stated then faith is the only way we can be in a right relationship with God. Not, not obedience, not works. It, it's faith. It's trusting in the finished work of Christ on the cross. So what then, what, what place does faith, what, do, what place does obedience play in the Christian life? And, and I got a list here of some things and, and then we can break it down a little bit in conversation. But I think obedience demonstrates our love for God. In fact, in 1 John 5, verses 2 and 3, it talks about that, that our obedience demonstrates our love for God. It's also a practical exercise of our faith in him. Uh, again, 1 John 2, 3 through 6. It's, it, and, and what's that mean? It means it's putting our faith to our feet, right? It's, it's actually walking and walking in a way we say we believe. It's trusting God. It's, it, it's believing that the, the worldview we get from Scripture, although contrary to the worldview we get outside in the world, is the right worldview. And so we're putting it into practice. Um, another one is this, that further, it glorifies the Lord in the world. 1 Peter 2.12, um, it, it glorifies God. So we're walking obediently, you know, and I know we're not walking perfect in our obedience, but as we're striving to walk obediently with the Lord, it's attractional. People see that and they say, wow, you know, they must really believe what they say. And they may not believe it yet, but it's attractional. It leads them to Christ. It brings glory to God. And lastly, and I'm sure there's more we could come up with, but lastly, obedience opens the resources of heaven or avenues of blessing for us. John 13, 17, Jesus talks about that. And so I, I don't want to negate the fact that, that there are conditional promises in Scripture. Conditional promises in Scripture. But God says, if you do this, I want to do this for you. 
If you don't do this, if you walk your own way, then you're going to get what you deserve. You're, you're going to, if you want to play God, see how it goes for you. But if you walk this way, this is what I really want to do. In other words, I, I really think, for instance, peace. You know, we many times in my life, I said, God, just give me peace. And, and the scripture says that's not really the way that type of peace works. Pray that the Lord will give you a trust that, God, you're in control. I lay this at your feet. Uh, help me believe you. And where I lack in belief, give me the strength to believe. Then the peace that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and mind. Peace doesn't come before the trust. Trust me and I'll fill you with peace. You know, and people say, well, I wish we could do that differently. Well, that's fine, but we can't. God gets to write the rules on that, you know. Well, and if we tried to do it an opposite way, we would be doing it in our own understanding and our own strength. Huh. And that just doesn't work. You, you That's often, not faith. Right, right. You often say, and I appreciate this, Craig, God will use the word that we know, but how can he use the word that we haven't even studied or read? Yeah. So if I want that peace, then I, it begins with that relationship with Christ. It begins with desiring that relationship. And how does that relationship, how do I start to desire that? Well, I've got to open it the first time. And it might be hard the first time. And it might be, it might mean I have to give up something I wanted so that I can start this journey. But then, boy, when the Holy Spirit starts to work within you and creates that desire, it, it gets, it gets, the desire for him grows and grows and grows. Yeah, you don't always, you don't always anyway see the positive result of obedience. Mm. Like you just don't, right? Sometimes you, you're just obedient and, and you just don't see it. Now, many times you'll see the effect of disobedience probably quicker. But that's not to say you don't experience the positive results of obedience. And sometimes you see it. And sometimes it takes a while. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll have people, you talk about studying God's word, who said, well, I tried that. And I said, well, how long did you try that? Well, I did it for a week. Probably not going to get a lot out of it. Or, or they'll say, I'm just not getting it. And I'm like, we well, haven't read enough to get it, right? And, and thank God we don't have to read a Bible that's written like Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet, right? But I remember in high school reading that and at first going, this is really odd. Mm. And then all of a sudden, we we were just reading it and reading it all the time. I thought, when are we going to get through this? But at some point, something clicked, and I started to get more out of that. Now, we don't have to read a version like that. We can read a version much closer to the way we talk today. Yes. But I think there's a reality that the more you read God's Word, especially as you start to understand the difference between like a narrative portion of Scripture or, or a, a purely... Um, uh, descriptive or a list or, you know, you look at, there's a difference between the book of numbers and a gospel and, and a letter. And as you start to familiarize yourself with those different styles of writing, the more you read it, the more you get it. And so a week's probably not going to be enough to, to all of a sudden go, well, I get this thing. That's why it's called a discipline, you know? And, uh, you know, I've been working out for a while. You really can't notice it, but I have. And, and, um, Man, I, I can remember going in and just feeling worse when I left. Mm. I mean, I'd, I'd leave and I'd go, my goodness, I thought this was supposed to help me. I'm, I'm out of breath. I'm, you know, <laughs> I felt horrible. And, you know, it didn't change the next day or the next day or the next day. I don't know when it changed, but I remember the day I thought, I don't think I'm going to get a workout in today. I really am going to miss that. And I thought, you are sick in the head. I, I never thought I'd ever get to the point to where... Now, was I missing the workout? I was missing what I know the byproduct of the workout yes. was because I had gotten past the point 
to where I left totally exhausted. I had left feeling like, man, this was good. My body needed this. Was I sore? Yes, but a good sore. And people say, what is a good sore? That's when you've worked past the fact, I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk tomorrow. Sure. You know, that's the initial, right? I, I don't know why I did that. I'm not going to be able to walk tomorrow. All of a sudden you go, this is a good sore. I feel like I've, I've exercised my muscle enough to, to where it, it's going to have benefit. And spiritually, we have to exercise our muscles. And obedience is, is part of that journey of, of exercising our, our muscles. Yes, to glorify God. Yes, to be a witness to others. Yes, to put our, our, our words into practice. And yes, to, to live in such a way that the resources of heaven can open up and God can bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Everything he wants to do in our life is either is really threefold. It's to glorify him. It's to bless us. And that's not always possessions, by the way. There are things much greater than possessions, uh, such as peace and, and, and confidence in him and, and, and these spiritual blessings of walking with him, right? There's the gifts of the spirit, patience, all those things. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, to bless others. God wants to bless us to bless other people. And so... This this journey, if you'll, if you'll allow my rambling for a little bit, isn't just Romans one seventeen, which is from faith to faith, but 2 Corinthians 3.18 says it's also from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 reads this way. It says, We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And again, what, what do we find? It starts with God. Mm-hmm. It's not just us being obedient, working, earning. No, 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 no. We come to him by faith. We grow in that faith. And then what does he do? He places his glory on us. What's that mean? It's, it means really his presence. His spirit fills us. We, we start to know what it means to be more and more like Christ, but he continues that work. And, and to me, that that's that's amazing, you know? It must be the spirit within you, right? Yeah. Who helps to create that desire, who helps to uh, take you to the next level. In Celebrate Recovery, I use a stairway analogy because we talk about steps. And I often say to people, imagine if you open the Bible for the first time and you feel like you don't understand it. And and first of all, I must say that when it was written, it was written to a people who would understand exactly what was said. It wasn't written in a way that they would have to figure it out. It was written with words and a language and analogies they would all understand. So why would we not now want to understand it in our own language? That makes perfect sense. So you, you're at the bottom of the stairway and you look up and it's never ending and it, you can give up, but you just take one step at a time. And pretty soon you're in the middle of that stairway and I tell people, you look behind you and you say, wow, I have come so far and I didn't, it was one step at a time. So it's opening the Bible Every day, you know, once a day or, or whatever it is, whatever disciplines you need in your life through that obedience, um, loving someone other, lo- loving someone else well, forgiving someone else, showing grace to someone else, whatever it is that God has laid on your heart to do a little bit at a time and it grows and grows and grows and it's amazing. I heard one time a, uh, a mentor professor of mine from undergrad, uh, Keith Drury, and he gave a message at a church I was attending and it was, there's no in-between times. And I thought that was just a that, that was a beautiful reminder uh, at that point, but also I was young enough where it, it's been something I've clung to um, my my entire faith journey uh, to realize that. And I like the word journey. Some people don't. I like the word journey because of that message. I think because he talked about faith as a journey. 
So the sort of the Pilgrim's Progress, if, you, if you're out there and you've ever read that book, there's a modern translation of it, but I would definitely encourage you to read versus the older one. Um, but, to, but the point's there, that, that sometimes, especially in our Western mindset, the goal is the end. And when he, when he gave this message of no in-between times, he said, let me take you to more of a, a, a Hebrew mindset, that not only is the end the goal, but where you're at on the journey is the goal too, what you're learning, what you're experiencing, that, that the reality of it is many of the goals that we're striving for, we may not reach them. Uh, it's okay. But we're to strive for them because it's going to take us closer to, to, to who we've been made to be in Christ and to grow in Christ and to be that witness for Christ. And one day we're either going to die or he's going to come back and take us to paradise. And we're not going to regret some of those things we stri- strived for but didn't get because maybe we, we died younger than we thought or whatever whatever the, whatever the case may be. I'm not trying to get morbid. But um, but the reality of it is we're going to see successes in what we call it in between times. Yes. And he's going to give us the eyes to see perhaps in, 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 when, we're in, when we're in paradise with him. And we're going to go, oh, wow, you had me walking that way. To get there, I thought it was midpoint, but it was actually the point yes. of that. And and I think obedience allows us just to make sure we're on the right road, heading in the right direction, and not missing the mile markers, not missing the, the things that God does. Jesus did so much on the way places. If you read the Gospels, oh, yes. I'm just blown away by the fact of all the some of my favorite stories, like the the Good Samaritan. You know, when he's telling that story to the whole crowd, he's on his way somewhere. I mean, he's, he's talking he's talking to him because they're asking these questions, right? And he, he stops and answers them. I mean, we go, "Well, you're too busy, Jesus. Get to where you're heading." You know, the the the, the woman at the well on his way somewhere again. And, and, you know, he stops there significantly. And it's like he takes the long way around and you're like, you know, you can get there quicker. I thought you were heading to Jerusalem. Well, I am, but but that's not the only goal. I also have to make an impact among these Samaritans, and this is how I chose to do it. He has the divine insight. We don't, which means by faith we got to trust that there's no in-between times, that, that who knows? You know, you were sharing a story um, just before this, of, of a friend of ours, a colleague, who yes. happened to go to the doctor, and the doctor was talking about, why well, I could never step foot in the church because it's something he had done before. And he was a second Christian worker that he had come across. And, that and, day. Yeah, and the guy said, well, maybe God's <laughs> trying to tell me something. Maybe, maybe. But here's the other thing. You know, I know that this colleague of ours, he was at a camp and he had to take time to go see the doctor. And I'm sure he's sitting there thinking, you know, I'm taking valuable time. I'm here to make impact on these students. No, apparently God wanted to use this weird situation where he got bit by a spider. And by the way, I'm still waiting for him to get superpowers. We didn't have any of those. He, just <laughs> he has keeps the, trying, he just, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he just has the bruise uh, and the rash or whatever. But, um, but you know, no, God said, I'm going to use this. I'm not saying the spider bit him because God wanted him to be bit by a spider. I'm saying God is so big. He knew all this was going to happen. He's like, you know what? I'm going to have you go to this particular doctor in this random place, really, right? And at that moment, be another witness, another knock at the door for this guy to go, no, 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 I have a room for you in the kingdom. Yeah. And man, we can miss it if we're like, man, I got to be perfect. I, I got to, I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I just got to be totally like Christ right now. The other part of it is we can miss it if we go, well, I don't have to try. You yeah. know, but the grace of God, you know, it's it's uh, Paul again in Romans when, when he's answering the question, well, if, if 
grace abounds all the more where sin is. Maybe I should sin more. And he goes, what are you nuts? That's my interpretation. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the Craig uh, interpretation of it. He says, by no means. He goes, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. We're to strive for obedience. But we're to understand that there's grace in the Christian life. Think of the effects um, that that obedience has on the kingdom and the future. You know, we recently heard a story about a woman who was uh, had the opportunity to come to Christ, but her family didn't want her there, and literally threw everything that she owned out on the out on the lawn, and she had to leave. Happened to be another family took her in a Christian family. The legacy that she had in her entire life changed so many people around her, and then there was a ministry developed that is reaching so many people because of a decision that a great-great-great-grandmother had. And so those acts of obedience are huge. And and I think you're so right, and we see it throughout Scripture in Abraham's story, that we may not see the full effect of what that act of obedience had, but know that it, it's being used for God's purpose. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, you, you totally are making the point so clear that there may be a cost to obedience. Mm-hmm. In fact, there is going to be a cost to mm-hmm. obedience. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone who wishes to live a godly life will will, will experience some type of suffering. Paul Racer is young protege, Timothy. And, and so there is. But there's also a reward to obedience. And sometimes that reward, again, isn't, you know, the health, wealth, and prosperity thing is so selfish. Because all the rewards have to do with me, life being easier the rewards that we really get from being obedient are so much deeper and richer mm-hmm. and so much far-reaching. In other words, they don't stop with me. They, 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 they reach out to the people around me, their attraction. They show my love for God. They, they, they reach him. And, and, and I, just, I just want to encourage someone out there because I, I think there are some, some of us in our Christian walk who we've been obedient and it's cost us something. And we think since it's cost us something, we must be getting this wrong. Mm. And on this side of paradise, it may cost you, quote unquote, everything, but you're going to get everything for it. You know, God's going God's to use it in a way that you never could ever have imagined. And the depth of your relationship with him is going to go to places you never could have had without it. Yeah. But as long as we try to squeeze sort of the scriptural teaching or our, our worldview or the world's worldview somehow s- sort of squeeze it into our relationship with God, we're going to be greatly disappointed. It, it's better to sort of learn God's worldview through scripture and surrender ourselves to it. It really uh, it really has an impact when you consider temporary, this everything in this world is temporary, right? In regards to the things that we own and the things that we have versus eternal. You take those two words and you lay them side by side, and there's quite an impact when we, you really t- begin to consider the ramifications of both of them. I want to I sort of uh, sort of wrap up this conversation mm-hmm. on obedience because we've, we've, we've gone many places. Mm-hmm. I hope it's helpful to people, but I want to I throw this out there because uh, I think it's worth mentioning. I think we can be obedient in our disobedience. Mm-hmm. And I want to be. I want to clarify that because it's important to clarify that because that could be totally taken out of context. Sure, sure. So this is what I mean by being obedient or disobedience. We discover in First John one nine, you know, this this amazing verse that says, you know, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just; He'll forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the question for somebody may be asking out there: Well, okay, I'm trying to walk obediently. You're saying that just get right back up and and walk again. What's that even look like? 
It looks like First John 1, 9. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've dropped the ball. I've sinned. Let's just call it what it is. I've yeah. sinned. I, I, I wasn't obedient. Disobedience is sin. Um, I've sinned. What do I do as a believer? Well, we confess them. And, and the scripture is very clear. We can come confidently, not arrogantly, but confidently to God because we know he's going to forgive us. Mm-hmm. We don't abuse it. It doesn't mean we we enter into sin lightly. It, it means we understand what we've done. We understand the weight of it. We know there may be a consequence to it, not an eternal one. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Yes. There's no eternal punishment just because we dropped the ball here. But there may be a consequence, right? We hurt somebody, and, and that relationship isn't mended right away because of what we've done. But we confess our sins. What's he, he forgives us, and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The beauty of that is we don't have to backtrack. He doesn't say, well, you didn't get that right. Go back a mile or two. He says, no, you're where you need to be now. Let's walk ahead. Now, you may be on a different trail than you were because of the decision you made, right? You may make a horrible decision. You sinned. You lost your job. So your journey is not going to be at that workplace anymore. So what does your journey look like? It's being obedient to what the next step God has for you in the next step. And whether it's a new job or wrestling with the, you know, so there still is consequences. I I don't, you know, I think sometimes people come to God in those moments, those dark moments, because they think, well, if I come to him and receive Christ as Lord and Savior, then he's going to miraculously wipe all this. No, no, the consequence of our sin eternally is wiped away. Our temporal consequence of some of the decisions we make, we still have to walk through. But we don't do it alone. We do it with him. And we can do it in obedience of knowing what that next step is, that next step, and the next step. The reality of it is, I don't think the world's really looking for a, a perfect example. We have one. That's Jesus. So with his followers, I think they're looking for people who are being perfected. Mm, that's well said. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think of the verse that says, you know, you confess to one another so that you yes. may be healed. Yes. So that it's... There's power. Yeah, there is power in uh, the power of our testimony. And that's what happens when you confess. There's a testimony there that somebody else gets to hear and somebody else get to gets to witness God working in your life. That way it's amazing. And then, as you said, uh, I am comforted in knowing that when I make those mistakes, and I say when because I will feel okay today, but what's tomorrow going to bring? When I do that, he is with me. I don't have to walk through those consequences on my own, and that changes everything. Yeah, God, God has a story for you. Mm-hmm. And God is sovereign, means he's in complete control. And I, I have friends who are in different theological perspectives of things. And, you know, for me, I believe we have choice. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, God is in complete control, but we still have choice. We, we can decide to do the right or wrong thing. And God knows all the decisions we're going to make. But he's sovereign enough. He's so powerful. But he can even use my mistakes mm-hmm. when I give them to him for his glory. Again, not to say there isn't consequences for him. Not to say there isn't one mistake in my life I wish I hadn't made, even with the lessons I learned through it. Um, that's the way I'm wired. I would love to live a perfect life. I mean, I would. But I say all that to say that God is so in control of everything that even my mess he can make sacred, even that he can take and use for his glory when I give it to him and when I grow. And it can be an example to those around me. I remember young and and married, and I said to this older couple who probably were my age <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> and, and said, you know, you got a perfect marriage. You know, how, how did that happen? And, you know, and many of us have had those type of conversations. And he, they both started laughing. They said, well, first of all, it's not perfect now. 
but it may look perfect to you, but we made a ton of mistakes to get here. And God had just taught them through each one how to how to love each other more and how to walk with him. And, you know, I think for us who are in Christ, that's the journey. Mm-hmm. And, and and sometimes we can get so self-focused that we think, I just want to, I want to have arrived already. And I just wonder sometimes in our not arriving yet, if that isn't even part of God's plan to reach those around us who go, wow, they're so much further than I am, but they are a work in progress. I can do that. I think that's Paul's challenge. Follow me as I follow Christ. You go, wow, he must have been perfect. No, 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 no. He says he wasn't, but you can still follow him as he follows Christ because when he's obedient, he's obedient. And when he was disobedient, he was obedient and coming to God and getting forgiveness and continuing on the journey. And and experiencing a mercy and a grace like no other. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess to sum everything up, and we, we've said a lot in these last two episodes, probably a whole lot more we could say, but, you know, obedience is an es- essential aspect of the Christian life. I want to make that really clear. It is an essential aspect of the Christian life. However, it, it's not the obedience or works that save us. Uh, we are saved through the work of Christ on the cross. It, it, it's it, it's God's glory that that... Yeah, he places in us. It's his righteousness he places in us. It's God's love for us that provides us with this amazing opportunity to enter into this wonderful life with him. And it's really love that ought to motivate us to serve him in obedience. That That's really what it should come down to. God loves us. We love him back by walking in obedience. And because of that, he's glorified. We're blessed and those around us are blessed as well. And so, Betty, thank you for for being here for this for these two episodes and for uh, this conversation on obedience. I hope it's helpful to those who are listening. Um, for now, I, I just hope you'll join us next week as we continue our, our discussion in this journey and Crosswinds Unleashed podcast. Remember, if you have any questions about the podcast or Crosswinds, head on over to our website, crosswinds.church. You can learn all things Crosswinds there. But for now, be blessed and bless others. Mm-hmm.